I'd been so hurt in life, nothing could hurt me. Not even yeah. myself with tattoos and bodybuilding. Yeah. You know, to take that to the extreme that I even gave birth to my son and my daughter without pain relief. Me too. Because, yes. <laughs> and it was that feeling of, well, actually, if I don't die, then what can kill me in life? Yeah. Um, why don't you actually look at what's important and realise if you can be grateful for just waking up and being alive, everything is a bonus. You're erotic fo- fiction. <laughs> I nearly said, I nearly said the other word. <laughs> Oh my god. Did that ever cross over at all for you? Um, well, I received lots of death threats. Um, oh. Mostly from very religious people who said, um, you'll burn in hell and I will actually come and kill you as an honour killing. You know, it's okay to be triggered. It's just not okay to be horrible about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... Um, you know, for the people who had almost built me up and praised me, the same people that had cheered me on all the way, they became my biggest haters. When you're on the come up, people will recognize how hard you work and they feel inspired. When you reach the peak, they're like, okay, now I'm not as inspired. I'm actually yeah. quite angry at you. Tracy Kiss said, I'm not an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of Hi, I'm Ella McChrystal. Welcome to The New Mind. Today's guest is Tracy Kiss. Now, Tracy Kiss started um, her career, well, for most of you will know that she started her career in glamour and has actually become very multifaceted, has lots of different businesses, and also has a story that I think most of you will be deeply interested in uh, for lots of different reasons, stories of trauma, stories of resilience, overcoming adversity, but also just a really interesting mind and as this is called the new mind then I'm sure most of you are here for that reason too so um, also she's brought her lovely daughter along Millie who's in the background doing lots of sort of background work taking photos videoing stuff for content and so if you hear little footsteps or any anything being knocked over that will be (laughs) Millie in the background milling around (laughs) and Millie is also I'm going to invite her on to do a separate series called The Young Mind um, uh, because Millie is really interesting and we'll probably reference her throughout the whole show. So uh, before I say too much more, welcome (laughs) to you, Tracy. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Again, most people that have been on have travelled some time and I know that you hit some accident or something on the Mm -hmm. way. So I know you get a bit stressed about being late, but um, I really appreciate you coming all this way and bringing Millie as well. And I'm really really excited to introduce you in a different way I know Mm -hmm. your content historically was glamour and has moved into a different area but you really are multifaceted um and I kind of want to start off with telling people how many things you've studied (laughs) (laughs) because when you were telling me earlier I was like what there's a few there's a few (laughs) so tell me some of the things that you've studied and some of the things that you're interested in. Then we'll start with the story. Yes. Um, so as a student, massively into psychology, philosophy, sociology, English language and literature, business studies. Um, I moved into interior design um, then went into neurolinguistic programming, um, public speaking, social media marketing, writing as a journalist, studied yoga, personal training, nutrition, <laughs> um, emotional freedom technique recently. Lots of different things that I just get so excited by. Yeah, um, I don't necessarily want to use them all as a career, mm-hmm. but to be able to 
look at something, to be enthusiastic, to achieve it, and then to set the next bar. Yeah. Um, it never stops for me. I know. <laughs> and when you told me this earlier, I was like, wow, phenomenal. I just love that. Oh. Really do. And especially because anyone that knows you that's a follower mm. would have originally followed you, if I'm right, because you started off um, a thinking page free. Yes. Yep. Went on to do some OnlyFans stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of your content would have been around the bikini stuff and, yeah. you know, influencing that way. But like I said before, you, you've really gone into lots of different areas yes. of, of influencing and also business. And one of the things that I, I, I really was so excited by was hearing about your little business venture with I say little (laughs) I mean nothing you do is little but your your business venture with your daughter yeah because you thought it'd be really exciting to set up a little Etsy shop just to show her how business works yes and it blew up oh it went insane absolutely it's been a learning curve for us both I think um so I studied business for my GCSEs and she had the option to but because she was so excited by so many other things that was what she dropped. So she said, no, I won't be able to do it. So being a mum, I thought, let me just do a little bit of homework with you and I'll fill in the gaps from what I know of business um, so that you can still have that understanding even though you're not taking it as a subject. Yeah. Um, Started the Etsy shop. We're looking at the cost of wholesale and retail, um, profit margins, being able to order stock, to photograph it, to present it, to then advertise it. Um, and it just went insane. It's become absolutely massive. I know. <laughs> and this was just you it like was an going, accident. Yeah. So your accidents are really very successful. Well, you could say that, I suppose. <laughs> but that's what's fascinating about you. Like you are such a curious mind and oh, you're definitely. so determined, yeah. driven, excited. Just all of those things that make me very excited as well. Yeah. So before we've even started, it just shows you all these different di- dimensions. Yeah. But also there's this backstory, mm-hmm. um, which we've connected on. Yeah. Because our stories are quite similar um, in terms of sexual abuse. Yeah. And overcoming that and just sort yeah. of using pain for power and all that stuff that's all wonderful so we we will touch on that mm-hmm. um and I just also know from looking into your story that you've literally carved out a whole new life in many ways yeah uh, mm-hmm. so we'll touch on that as well and just I'm really interested in it and mm-hmm. I think you are such an interesting person that I've got to stop saying the word interesting now because it looks like I don't know any other words in the, in the dictionary, but you really are. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. No, it's so true. I've, I've just been looking at a lot of your press and trying to prepare for today so I didn't ask the same old boring questions and hopefully it won't feel for you like I'm asking the same questions because it's fine fire away I will fire away and I hope it's I hope it's not um going to be too repetitive for you I Mm. hope that we go into some areas that um make you feel safe as well as yeah uh, that you maybe feel something different when you leave that's that's the goal and I I really feel with this podcast because it is about connecting people Mm -hmm. and we said earlier on that there may be some topics that come up um that have that have an effect on people that have either gone through a similar thing mm-hmm. or are going through it now yeah. and it might help them to reframe uh, what they're doing about mm-hmm. their lives or or even take action 
Yeah. So let's go all the way back to little Tracy. <laughs> um, uh, so Tracy, you were born here in the UK. Yes. What was life like growing up? Um, I had a very tough life. Mm-hmm. I was born into a family that didn't have anything, um, sometimes not even food. So it was a very humble beginning. Um, equally gave me a massive sense of gratitude so when it was Christmas and you get a present, it was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing in the world. Yeah. So it was naught to 100, it felt, whereas probably the average child had a billion times more things than I did and they didn't appreciate any of it. So I really had an understanding of the value of things. Yeah. Um, a very hard work ethic, because if you didn't work, how do you live? Yeah. Um, but equally then because my parents had to constantly work, um, my mother on nights and my dad during the day, I didn't have that family dynamic of come home, sit at a table and eat. And here's two happy, healthy people raising children. Um, It was very disjointed. And I turned to books because there weren't really any electronics around. It wasn't video games or, you know, maybe our generation had them, but we didn't. So I kind of then escaped into fiction non-fiction um and where the internet is today you would scroll for hours I would read for hours yeah and and became so enthusiastic for growth I think from a very young age so interesting and I remember um encyclopedias being really my thing yeah I loved encyclopedias (laughs) I loved that you could just open up a page anywhere and learn something new and so I kind of relate to that that escapism I loved books I was fascinated by the queen for a while and I did go through those phases of just being like a bit like you just really hyper-focused on Mm. on an area of learning about something and then it would be the next thing the next thing which I think again it's a sign of the times then yes that's how you learn unless you know obviously school but outside Mm. of that yeah so that's really interesting but your curiosity is maybe born from necessity actually yes you know how am I going to get out of this life unless I work and how do I do that I've got to learn how to become Mm -hmm. a different version of me yeah yeah and and on that note there's like a true metamorphosis in your life so Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to reference that humble beginning yeah so um you you have this humble beginning and you're really curious and you're learning when did you start to get a bit more of a idea that you were going to be different to how it had all begun um I think when education um became apparent so I was complete geek at school I would do all of my work and then try and do other people's work um so you were really super interested in learning I mean you weren't just doing your own (laughs) You know, like the kid that's at the front, like, pick me, pick me. I know the answer. Um, It didn't earn me very many points for popularity. Um, No, I can't imagine at school it did. (laughs) But hey. Yeah. I mean, it served me now, so I'm quite happy with that. But um, I would go home and then I would do more homework, even though it hadn't been set. I would say, well, here's a presentation I made about the class that we took today. And the teacher would be like, give me a break. I want a day (laughs) off. (laughs) So looking back, the the sheer enthusiasm, um, I I think that just came from a lack of attention as a child um, from my family. So I was never really praised or understood. Um, And when I found this massive love for education, because you could be graded, you could be told, 
you've achieved this, you've done this, well done, here's a shiny sticker. Validation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It kind yeah. of made me feel like, okay, I do have a purpose. I can be a good girl and do as I'm told. Um, and people appreciate my effort. So I guess, you know, when children now will hop on one leg and say, mommy, look at me, haven't I done well? Um, my way of doing that was let me be the best at, at what I'm achieving. And maybe then that will be recognized and enough maybe enough. I'll feel yeah. enough yeah did it ever feel enough uh no because my family didn't appreciate education they um it was of no interest to them so it was like speaking a different language it was um you know why why are you concerned with this what does it matter um oh. it was more earn money pay the bills and that was it so I kind of did both. I got a job at the age of 14, um, had multiple jobs studying and everything I had, I was like, I will earn it. It will be mine and nobody can take that from me. So so yeah. you had this interest in education, but you were working hard, yeah. not just yeah. in education, but really to set the foundations of independence, I guess. Yeah. Once you realized <laughs> you weren't going to receive that uh, validation or acceptance mm. you you sort of went into okay so how do I look after me then yeah how do yeah. I do that um I know that I referenced early on actually that there was mm. some sexual abuse as well yeah um when was that how old were you when you sort of experienced that trauma well I think I have autism yeah. so the way I think and feel is very different to the people around me yes um and I have memories of been in a, a house that I grew up in so I must have been about seven um of a relative touching me mm. I can remember the perfume I can remember scratchy fingers yeah I remember thinking why is your hand so cold and why is it there yes um and I remember telling my parents but them saying oh no 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 um and it was kind of brushed under the carpet so I have these memories and I think to myself was that a dream did it really happen in my adult years looking back? Why is it so vivid? Why do things remind me of it? But I don't know for sure if that really happened. When I got to my teenage years, that's when I know for sure yeah. that it happened. Um, and even in my adult years, um, I also had so much. So it has been three people. Yes. Um, all adults, substantially older than me, and one was a relative. And I believed that whilst I was bullied by other children for being a geek and a bit socially awkward, um, didn't have very good social skills, uh, as I say, I, I feel as my son is autistic, that I probably am also. Yes. Um, probably where he got it from. That I trusted adults so intently. I never believed anything that they could do would be wrong because in my head, if you're bullied, you go to a teacher, you go to an adult, they make everything right. If somebody has an ulterior motive, one of those adults was terminally ill. I then know as an adult now, that's why they did that. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I didn't know that it was different, that it was wrong. Um, and it's only kind of later on and when police are involved that you actually say, Jesus, this is severe. Well, it's a way of protecting yourself as well. I think children innately trust mm -hmm. adults, as do, yeah. you know, cubs and the young yeah. in the wild. We trust the adult, we trust the mm. elder. But also, if you've 
uh, expressed concern early on at the age of seven. Yeah. I mean, even if you think you dreamt it, which I doubt very much you did, by the way, <laughs> for you to have such vivid memories of something. But even if you think you dreamt it and you said that to a parent, to brush it under the carpet and to not actually yeah. make you feel valid and safe in that moment, well, that's a form of abandonment anyway. Yeah. You know, and then, like you say, you definitely know it happened later on. Yeah. Um, Of course, it's very difficult when you're a young person to question things. If Mm. if things aren't, if you're not educated, um, and what I mean by educated, if people aren't saying to you, by the way, this is wrong. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. If someone does do this to you, yeah, then really we must know about that, and you we must keep you safe. Again the way that you trusted adults and I think with autism as well a lot of people that are autistic is it's either good or it's, it's very bad. black and white yes. yes I remember saying this hurt me why did he do that yeah no he didn't do that to yes you. and I was like oh, okay he didn't do that so you now self-abandon because you're <laughs> yeah. being abandoned in that moment and you learn yeah. to self-abandon and not trust yourself yeah because looking back you think you know when somebody says to you do you have a memory of this day you may have seen a photo yeah. of that and you say oh I remember I wore these shoes but what happened right before you put those shoes on oh I don't remember because yeah. you're picking up that photograph but I remember the the sensation of it everything yeah. me thinking oh I didn't know at the time that it was wrong I just knew that I didn't like the feeling that yes. it hurt yeah but now as an adult I think well what if I did dream it is it possible that I could have that my parents told me that didn't happen but I have memories of it happening and it's not from a photograph or them telling me you went to a picnic and you wore red shoes you know I have that and it's repetitively coming up in sensations and memories yeah um but you're held cellular yeah that's the thing because there's no physical evidence and it's held on Mm. a cellular level it's hard to explain that, isn't it? Yeah. When you've when you've not been believed, yeah. you've not been validated. Yeah. Because you're going to have a real um, physiological, emotional conflict there. Mm. I think it happened. I'm holding it on a cellular level, but I've got no physical evidence, and I wasn't really believed. So did it happen? Yeah. I talked myself out of it. No, you weren't. Yeah. That didn't happen from a relative. Don't be silly. People don't do that. Um, and I thought, oh, maybe maybe I dreamt it you know but yeah I wish at that age I understood but I would be very alarmed if at that age I understood of course (laughs) it's it's one of those but um as an adult as a single parent um when it happened with a third person the second person passed away because he was terminal um the third person they were held accountable and I thought oh my god there is finally an end yeah and you can almost prove what happens yeah um because a lot of people believed the person who did this to me um when he said no I'm in a relationship I you're jealous and you're making this up and I haven't even seen you I have an alibi for where my whereabouts were and um I was like no you did this to me and some people are so confident and so sure of themselves that they could sell you oxygen yeah <laughs> you know like well they believe their own lies they do yeah they do and um it was only because I'd been injured as well um I was taken in a police car and examined and they they took a sample DNA sample they saw the bruising they saw damage to my home um I'd screamed and and things and 
then they said, without a shadow of a doubt, this has happened and this is his DNA. Um, and then his alibi had to say, well, actually, you know, we kind of just covered the tracks because we didn't know for sure. And we just believed him. And and then he said to his partner, you know, yes, I've gone and raped someone today and then come home to you and acted like it didn't happen. Um, wow. And then to have to feel like you are a person causing trouble telling yes. somebody. Yeah. Um, and that they will say you're jealous and you're making it up. Like that, I think, is a massive stumbling block that victims face that you will just be accused of it or attention seeking or that you were just trying to hurt somebody Mm. but it kind of took so many years of going through so much for me to just snap and say now I'm going to make this stop Mm. um and up until that point I I was I was too weak to make it stop too vulnerable yeah too vulnerable not weak I think you it's interesting because I think a few people have said that to me over the years, mm. be it in therapy or even on the podcast and said, I was weak. Yeah. And I always remind you that definitely not weak is vulnerability because you are not in a position at that point in time yeah. to either feel like you're going to be heard or to feel safe to speak out. Yeah. Because safety is everything. Oh, definitely. Going back to that very beginning bit where you said, you know, it was brushed under the carpet. Mm. That's not, you're not psychologically safe anymore. Yeah. So that yeah. would build the foundation of what you would then do if this happened again. Mm. And that's mm. vulnerability, not weakness. But I understand what you meant when you said yeah, that. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't apologize because that's genuinely how you felt. Yeah. You don't need to apologize yeah. for that. But I just want to remind you that I don't think you've ever been weak. Mm-hmm. You know, you started early on um, educating yourself, really, working really, really hard. There's never been a weakness mm. there. It's just that you weren't believed. Yeah. So that made yeah. you feel weak. Or, or it made you feel confused. Yeah. And you've translated that, which is the self-abandonment again. Mm-hmm. And it happens to all of us that have been sexually abused or neglected or emotionally abused. You know, mm. you question your own reality. Oh, definitely. It's the massive gaslighting thing, isn't it? And then even if someone, and I've experienced this, even if someone isn't actually questioning me, I'm always ready for someone to be questioning me, not yeah. believe me. Or yeah. if they do believe me to... Um, think that yeah I believe you but perhaps you're just aggressive or perhaps you're mm. just you know over the top and you showing have to off. justify yourself it's you always know. yeah even talking out about my own abuse and I'm sure mm. you'll uh, feel this as well there's always an element of I hope people don't think I'm doing this for attention yeah because that's certainly not no this is if, if I wanted to get attention there's a million different ways mm. to get attention talking about being sexually abused is definitely not one not of a them. favorable one <laughs> no it's really not yeah. especially when there's so much tied in with family and yeah. um all sorts of trauma so the reason that I think you and I are speaking about mm. these things is because there are women and boys and men that have been sexually abused that mm. do still carry a lot of shame and self-blame yeah. So it's important to change the narrative. Definitely. And I thank you for being so open already and delving into that because I I know there'll be people that hear you and go, oh, yeah, I felt like that too. Mm. Or I feel like that too. Yeah. So after all of this has happened to you, um, what did you do in terms of 
managing that within yourself, you know, those emotional reactions, those symptoms mm. of being sexual abused, did you have those common reactions to it, like disassociation or emotional dysregulation, self-harm, those common things, eating disorders, yeah. were you experiencing those things as well? I had anorexia, um, not diagnosed, but my period stopped and like very low body fat. Yeah. Um, I was very frail, I'd faint all the time. Um, the kind of not self-harm but I turned to fitness yeah. as a release so I would almost want to work out until my muscles were burning yeah and that burn is what really fueled me it kind of felt like being able to take control of my pain yes um, also with tattoos and piercings I yeah. had 80 tattoos um which and, are phenomenal by oh, the way thank you. <laughs> I really like them so yeah. But, um, but you felt you were addicted to it. Yeah, to like hurt myself yeah. more than I had been hurt. Um, and in bodybuilding, because I felt so helpless by the hands of abusers, to be able to then say, I will be as strong as possible, yeah. as physically able to defend myself. Uh, I got weapons for my house. I got CCTV, um, lights and everything. <laughs> so it's like Fort Knox to be my own security and to yes. back myself yeah. um, rather than feel like a victim. Yeah. Well, also because, you know, as I mentioned there before, that psychological safety mm -hmm. that wasn't provided, Yeah, you've had to really step that up. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, be, like you say, be the security for yourself. Um, but what also happened was that you, like I said at the very beginning, you sort of went into various different ways of studying, business. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about the page three. Yeah, that was a complete accident. Um, wow. So growing up, like I never rated my appearance. Um, I definitely didn't feel beautiful or accepted. I was bullied and mocked um, for having long legs and looking like a daddy long legs, you know, and long floppy hair that I would hide behind baggy clothes. Um, and yeah, people would spit in my face and cut my hair and call me names. Um, I was vegetarian at a young age well from the age of five nobody really understood that um and I'd take cabbage to school which didn't mean no favors they would think what a weirdo sitting in the corner with the books and cabbage um Aww, <laughs> so, yeah and being called kiss you know yeah people saying oh who would kiss you and you know I think it's definitely character building when you have a yeah. an obscene surname <laughs> um but yeah so I always even from relatives putting me down and um Kind of like Cinderella, I kind of felt. Yes. But it, I didn't feel hard done by in the sense that I didn't know any different. Of course. So I wasn't seeking praise and acceptance because I'd never had it. So I didn't yeah. know that it existed. Yes. Um, I would see popular children and think, oh, they look nice. and But I didn't wish that I was them because I didn't know that I could be anything other than myself. So... I didn't have a role model or something that I wanted to be. I just knew that when I did things I enjoyed, it made me feel better. Um, so I always smiled, even when I was bullied and abused, I would always smile, um, which is probably a really creepy thing to do. Uh, or is it self-protection? Yeah. It's just that yeah. subconscious way of wearing the mask. Yeah, yeah. I would close my eyes. I would yeah. sit behind a wardrobe. Um, which I now realize is quite strange. <laughs> well, again, it's hiding, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, I guess, like the way I 
just handled life was to retract away from humans. Yeah. Um, Definitely loved animals. I loved unconditional love and just enthusiasm for somebody to be cheerful without expecting anything of you or taking anything from you. And animals do that in abundance, don't they? Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I became like a bird whisperer. I'd uh, teach my birds to fly to my finger and do obstacles and things. And I'd build them (sighs) from blue roll tubes. (laughs) literally my favorite person yeah. of all time <laughs> my hamster would sit on my shoulder and give me cuddles and rabbits and cats and dogs and now I have like a nine animals at home <laughs> wow so I always found this kind of calm energy yeah um, and I always saw the positive in things so even if somebody was nasty to me I thought well maybe they've had a bad day and maybe you know they'll actually realize that I'm not a nasty person they don't have to be horrible but um, most nasty people didn't realize they just continued. Um, and then eventually I kind of got to the point where I realized people will be people and that's outside of my control. It's not for me to change people. It's just for me to say, will I accept this? Yeah. Uh, and the answer was no to a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and that's where my life changed. So page three, I was, um, sorry, back to your question. <laughs> no, by the way, I've just had a whole snow white moment as you were talking. I was in the fairy tale. I've seen you in your snow white moment, animated Disney style with the animals all around you. I was, I was, uh, I was immersed. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love, I love it. So carry on. Sorry. Yeah. So then, um, I was working in an office, uh, it was actually for a modeling agency and I was like the ugly Betty. And I was working in model management, so booking people for photo shoots, um, doing all the expenses and record keeping, um, just a complete geek organizing everything. And I loved it. Um, And then MTV came in and they said, we're looking for a model for a shoot. And I was like, oh, we have all these amazing people. And they were like, oh, we want you. Um, And then I was like, no, I'm not a model. Don't be silly. Um, I didn't wear makeup. I had no fashion sense. Uh, nobody had ever looked twice at me before. So, um, you know, I just thought this is ridiculous. It's a wind up. Um, and they were like, no, seriously, like you're what we're looking for. Can we please pay you to be a model? And I was like, what? My goodness. <laughs> yeah. That must have just been so like for you, just confusing, but exciting all at the same time. Because yeah. because it was completely out of my comfort zone. Like my mum has never worn makeup. Yeah. Um, we grew our own vegetables, scrubbing floors on your hands and knees that, you know, just very humble, yeah. no airs and graces. Um, and I don't think anyone had ever called me beautiful or praised me in that way for my appearance, only ever taken offense to, to my appearance. So um, something inside of me, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's like a devil on the shoulder or your kind of inner intuition, I don't know, just said to me, do it. And I thought, oh, no, I can't. And I kind of like had a giggle about it. And then I thought, okay, I will. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Um, obviously, a, gra- a glamour career can happen. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, it's certainly a good yeah. thing because, you know, you've been able to do phenomenal things because yeah. of that decision. Yeah, yeah. And then um, a makeup artist and hairstylists and wardrobe and, um, you know, they transformed me and they put me on camera and they gave me praise. And I was like, what the what's going on like this is a different world um completely different and I remember going to the bathroom because I thought I'm bursting for the late opened the door and there was a mirror um directly opposite and I apologized oh sorry 
and I looked. And you didn't even know it was you? No. <laughs> oh, so wow. I did like, you know, like the, the mime that moves. Yeah. And I was like, they're moving it the same way. This is really creepy. <laughs> Who is this woman? <laughs> Um, and it was me, and I was, and, oh, is that what my face can look like? like wow! I had like a mono brow that had been plucked and everything. So, yeah. so it was like you know when you used to watch this sort of Jerry Springer show back in the day, and it'd be the yeah. girl that was at school that was bullied, <laughs> yeah, and there was a boy that had treated her really badly, and she comes down the stairs or whatever. And and she's all like, sassy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was your, yeah, just sass minus, moment. but minus the sass. So I was still there, like, hello, yeah, still, and not. they're like, no, look at you, look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so, so still really sort of cute and humble and just yeah uh, mesmerized by the whole experience yeah it was it was like being taken to mars you think well nobody told me this existed and what are all you people doing and how does this work so um yeah completely oblivious to all of it really wow <laughs> i did not know that bit about your story so that's just so lovely just <laughs> just the way you've told that story and like that experience and how you were still mm. so cute about it all and you know <laughs> just not really living it yet until yeah. you start yeah. to I guess accept that this is who you can be yeah yeah so that first experience um was that a page three experience or was that a modeling that experience? was modeling right yeah. okay and then page three contacted me from there like all the lads mads so they it. saw you yeah on mtv and then said Hey, will you be in magazines and newspapers and um you know bikinis and photo shoots and I was like okay I guess I've done it once so maybe I could have a photo taken <laughs> um and yeah it just went crazy I mean I, I never expected it um I kind of enjoyed the novelty of something so alien to me yeah just because I'm quite an inquisitive person um and again, they would say like, you know, you have to be slim and you have to look this way and be bleach blonde and have big eyelashes and loads of fake tan. And people would say, you're so beautiful. You're amazing. And I'd say, oh, that's not my eyes. That's contact lenses. Like I have blue eyes and these are brown or green. Yeah. And they'd say, your hair looks beautiful. Oh, it's not mine. This is this is stuck on. Yeah. Uh, and they'd be like, your skin is flawless. And I'm like, no, 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 it's fake tan. Yeah. So then I realized, well, hold on. Everything... You're describing me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're beautiful. <laughs> I I realized though that everything they complimented me for, I was like, oh no, 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 that's not me. Yeah. That's what they've added to me. Well, this is what I said. When people say you look really nice, because yeah. you know, I think I said to you before, I'm a little bit older. And I said, Well, it's fake hair, it's fake tan, it's makeup. Mm. And it's an illusion. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. you saying that, but I'm really honest about it. Yeah. If anyone says anything nice to me, because I almost feel like a fraud. I then go and explain, no, 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 I have the receipt for this. This yes. isn't me. And, <laughs> and the receipt. <laughs> you know, because, it's, it, because so many people have said to me over the years, who do you think you are? Like, you think that you're God's gift and you think you're beautiful and you, you're desperate for attention. You know, were you not loved as a child? Wow. And And I'll be like, oh no, actually, yeah, you're kind of a little bit spot on, yeah. but but I don't rate myself and I'm only wearing this because I have to for work. Like yeah. They've told me to look this way. And why um, can't you, What this is what really frustrates me about mm. the, the, the world actually, is that why can't you be a lovely, mm. humble, sweet girl and take your clothes off for a living? 
Why yeah. can't you be both? <laughs> Why yeah. is there got to yeah. be this misconception that because you've been dressed in a certain way or because you mm-hmm. do a certain job that you're not a nice person? Yeah. I have to yeah. say this for the record. You're one of the nicest people I've ever met. <laughs> like, you know, oh, and I think you. you've always been that person. Mm-hmm. Why is it that someone's going to judge you for doing a job mm-hmm. that has actually been offered to you yeah. and you've taken an opportunity? So what if that's what you do for, you yeah. know, a living for a period of time? Yeah. Just for anyone that's still on the judgmental scale, I thought I'd throw that in. But it's oh, true, isn't it? Why yeah. can't you be why can't you be everything? Yeah. And that and that's where that division really came in my life where I have this hunger for growth and education, but then was treated so badly because of it by yeah. my family, my peers, um, and just constantly shot down and criticized for loving being a geek. Yeah. But then suddenly I got lots of attention from my parents that wasn't actually my appearance like you know if I woke up in the morning I look very different to how I left the studio after a photo shoot yes I felt almost like a fraud like this isn't really me and they only like me because I don't look like me so yeah that was quite a a head trip yeah that's a real hard thing to get your head around yeah they'll only like me if I'm the opposite to who I wake up as yeah um so I see why people say they have like a work persona or an alter ego like Beyonce and Sasha Fierce exactly because what people want you to be is not always accepting who you are um but then it kind of gave me this perspective it felt like you know Spider-Man sits on top of the building yeah and he looks down he's like okay where am I going to swing and who am I going to save it gave me this division between the two worlds of work really hard and people will ignore you or put on a bikini and the world will land at your feet so I thought why don't I work hard in a bikini wow and make that cross-reference yeah um and that's what really took off was being able to use that business insight with the perks of a glamour career um and social media then was picking up um I was in marketing and media anyway um as I say, I was published at 12 for poetry, which I yes, loved. Yes, you told me this. I remember this was the other thing. When we talk about all the different things you've studied, just be, before we go on to the next part, yeah. you were published at 12 for poetry. Yeah. And then you wrote um, a trilogy of fiction as well, didn't yes. you? How old were you when you wrote that? Oh, gosh. it was. I was in my 20s. So, I mean, it, it wasn't recent, but it wasn't that long ago. So maybe... 26 or 27 perhaps and it was erotic fiction wasn't yeah it? so How wonderful um, so I have a very high libido mm-hmm. and I didn't realize I had a high libido until in a relationship when people say hey this is different <laughs> and I'm like aren't all girls the same <laughs> you know because <laughs> so innocent yeah and my friends were very I mean we were born in a village lots of old people around Catholics um so it wasn't talked about it was almost shameful yeah um and my mother was very kind of tight-lipped stiff upper lip you know so she wouldn't talk about things like that and um I didn't know there was any anything different about my libido I didn't know that my comfort in my own skin um to sunbathe topless for example I didn't feel ashamed I just thought oh I don't want tan lines so I'll just take my bikini top which is very European in my garden yeah in not your... in front of people you know <laughs> yeah. so. it wasn't just like when you were in Tesco no no I wasn't parading <laughs> around but um I mean not that we get sunshine in England no. at all but, no but you know I felt at ease and in the bedroom you know to 
be around somebody and to be completely at ease, you know, leave the lights on and be on top of the covers. People say, that's amazing. Are you a porn star? And I'd be like, no, why? God, I mean, (laughs) you know, that is good to hear that some women do have the lights on because most women will say definitely not. Yeah. Even if they've got a high libido. I love that confidence. Well, I I wish I had it. I didn't know it was confidence. I thought everybody enjoyed sex and... I think even if you enjoy sex, sometimes you don't want people to look at you while you're doing it. (laughs) I love the fact that you do both. I definitely don't want anyone to see me. But why though? Like if you're in an intimate moment with your partner, why can you not just let go? It's a very good point. Why can't we just let go? Why are we so um, worried about what we look like when Mm. uh, guaranteed, especially, you know, most people that I've spoken to be in psychotherapy or not have said, you know, I I wish they wouldn't turn the lights off. And I'm like, well, I can kind of relate to that. (laughs) Like I'm a lights off kind of girl. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. but I get it. Like if you, if you feel confident, let me just say this. If you feel Mm. confident in your body, put those lights on, get the spotlights, get the cameras, (laughs) do it all. Because you only get to live once. You have that confidence. Yeah. Like, I'm cheering you on. Not in the room at the same (laughs) time. But, you know, I love that. I love that you are that confident and open about sex. Because people aren't. I think it it might be an autistic thing. It might just be that the shame wasn't there for me. Yeah. Because nobody told me to be that way. Yeah. So... People wouldn't talk about it, but then I thought, well, they all do the same thing behind closed doors, surely. And people would be like, no, nobody loves what you love. And yeah. I'm, really? Wow. Why do they not love it? It's fun, you know. But And then when I find something fun, I want to go 100%. So yes. I'm like, how fun can this be? You know? <laughs> Let's just so, turn up the volume as high as it will go here. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, like TV producers would say, oh, you're really outspoken and open-minded. And will you talk about this? And will you talk about that? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why? Just, will no one else talk about it? Um, and that's when I realized, like, oh, God, maybe I think very differently to other yeah. people. And uh, the things that I say may seem really extreme, but to me, it feels normal. It's just fact. So yeah. 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 So if somebody's, you know, asked questions, a lot of shows wanted me to talk about sexual health, mental health. Um, and I would very openly and honestly just say yes or no. And this is that. And you'd make I, a great <laughs> sex therapist because you've, you are just so like factual about it. Yeah. But I, also intelligent and emotionally intelligent <laughs> and all of those things. But, but it just felt normal to be that way. So, and then I realized like when other girlfriends would say to me like not sexual girlfriends like friends yeah. who are girls um and they would say oh god this and that and I'd be like what and like okay we're on different pages then like mm. people can be different in the bedroom and yeah um and that was a massive concept to me because you only experience what you know yeah and if you don't know any different then yeah it's, it was just a, an absolute mind-blowing thing for me to know that and not everybody found this kind of release and freedom in pleasure and mm. self-acceptance of your body. Um, so in your late teens and 20s, you're writing books about, you know, erotic fiction. You're finding your modeling, you know, feet. Mm. You're discovering so much about yourself. Um And you're also realizing that, you know, like it is a superhero kind of thing. Like there's Tracy the Geek and there's Tracy the Sex Goddess. It's so weird to say. It's just this so, yeah. And actually so many more facets. I don't want to just give you two, but just for the effect. The Geek and the Sex Goddess. I love that. So that might be the title of this podcast. The Sex Goddess. Well, you flipping well are. I mean, you may as well own it. So you've got these different facets 
forming. Mm. But then um, from from the press that I've read, there was quite a lot of physical changes that you made. So although you're really comfortable with yourself and Mm -hmm. lights on, you know, spotlights, camera, action, all that sort of stuff, you also then sort of, did you, would you say you got addicted, you mentioned the tattoos, Mm. to the sort of reshaping of the the body and the face and all of this stuff. So talk to me a bit about that as well. That's really interesting. So it opened up a door um, into choice. Yeah. And for so many years, I felt like I had no choice. Um, I w- my brother was born premature and almost passed away when, when he was a baby. So he was like the miracle child that survived. And because of that, like all attention and everything went on him. And I was like the forgotten child. Mm. Um, so it would be, what does he want for dinner? Where does he want to go? And we all do what he wants. Um, and I love my brother to pieces, but Ah, oh, it's difficult. It is difficult because <laughs> um, you don't, there were so many reasons for you not to feel valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I remember being in a relationship when I was, I think, twenty five, twenty six, and um, the person I was dating said to me, "What do you want for dinner? What's your favorite restaurant?" I was like, "I've not actually been to many restaurants. I don't know." And he said, "Well, what's your favorite cuisine?" Mm, I normally just cook for myself. Um, he was like, "Well." where should we go? You choose. And I was like, no, 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 you choose. And he got really annoyed and said, like, make up your mind. What's your preference? And I said, well, I don't have one. Um, And then I realized, well, I'd never been given choice. Um, And then he said to me, like, grow a backbone, have an opinion, speak your mind and know what you like. And if you don't know, try everything. So I was like, okay, I'll do exactly as you said. Again, so, that's quite autistic. Yeah. I will follow that to the letter. Yeah, yeah. So then um, I was like, I'll eat lots of different food. Love Jamaican food. Who yeah. would have guessed? Yeah. Um, and yeah, just tried all these different things, and then realised you can do the same with your body. So, do you want to have long hair or short hair? Do you want to have more hair or less hair? Um, do you want to have hair removal? Do you want to have large breasts or small breasts? It's literally like customizing a car for a man, you know, and they're yeah. obsessed with how fast can it go and how loud can it be? You can do the same to your body. Um, I had very low body fat, so I didn't have curves. I was lanky and skinny and tall and kind of a bit alien-esque. <laughs> um, and the only way for me to have curves was to buy them, to be able to say I can't gain body fat um, because I'm very hyperactive and mm. um, probably ADHD like my son also yeah um so I really struggled with that and I felt well I'm not as feminine if if I don't have this shape to me I, I kind of was a tomboy dressed in men's clothes um you know you probably say nowadays it's cross-dressing yeah. um and I probably would have had gender reassignments <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. if I'd have been convinced of that but um no I just um wasn't feminine at all And when they would put makeup on me and they would put me in high heels and dresses, I thought, oh, this is how women are supposed to be. Okay, so um, having breast implants, I was then quite top heavy. So I'll have buttock implants and um, I'll have cheek filler because I'm quite gaunt and I'll have lip filler because I have no top lip and just being able to make these choices. And most of them were temporary through aesthetics you know you would age anyway so wrinkles would return or you would lose volume in in your face um implants can be removed whilst people were having surgery to lose weight or to change their body shape um to a more desirable shape i was gaining weight through 
um, having additions. So I really enjoyed being able to choose the body that I wanted, Mm -hmm. but also not because I hated what I had. And I think a lot of people view surgery as desperation, as you know, you must really hate yourself enough to cut something off or to stick something in. Yeah. Um, whereas I was like, I love my life. And because I love my life, I want to do things that make me happy. And I'm happy as I am, but I'm also happy having choice. Mm. And up until that point, everybody else had choice over my life. I did as I was told. But then I was like, well, what would I like to have? Um, so I tried brown hair, black hair, green hair, red hair, um, short hair, long hair, really long nails, like ridiculously long nails. I probably looked like a stripper for many years, (laughs) uh, but wasn't a stripper because I can't dance to save my life. Um, But as you say, I would go home and I'd read my books and I'd play with my animals. So it was a massive conflict. Um, I lived in a world that was very media focused and it was all about views. How many views can you get? Um, How many people will interact with this content? So the geek in me then says, well, I know if I do this, people will share it because that's how you achieve 100%. Yes. Um, So it was kind of marrying two worlds, really, like my desire to constantly do better and my desire to please people. Yeah. Um, And to be what they wanted me to be, to look how they wanted me to look. Well, it kind of worked, didn't it? Because you ended up with how many um, across all platforms, followers, fans? It's around 5 million. I mean, so this... probably know five people in real life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My neighbour's one of them. My daughter's (laughs) another one. Your son's the other. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Now me. I'm such a hermit. Yeah. (laughs) but no, I mean, five million. So the, the, the geek in you really did know what you were doing. Mm-hmm. You were, you were literally carving out your career. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, um, we sort of look at the, the element of, you know, you're getting lots of attention for your body and mm-hmm. you're getting lots of attention for the way you look. Did it ever, um, did it ever, sort of go back into some of the early traumas and did you ever have those moments of questioning I suppose is this what I want how do I feel about these men looking at me or Mm. you know people looking at me did that ever occur to you or were you very very clear because I feel like with that autistic mind (laughs) that sometimes it's just this is this black and white Yeah. yeah did that ever cross over at all for you um well I received lots of death threats um, oh. mostly from very religious people who said, um, you'll burn in hell and I will actually come and kill you as an honor killing. Um, and I thought, oh my God, somebody would go out of their way to end my life because of my appearance, because it's sinful. Um, had lots of threats from people, not just death threats, insults, um, lots and lots of trolling on a daily basis to the point where I'd been so hurt in life nothing could hurt me not even myself with tattoos and bodybuilding yeah to take that to the extreme that I even gave birth to my son and my daughter without pain relief me too because yes (laughs) (laughs) and it was that feeling of well actually if I don't die then what can kill me in life yeah Um, I found myself riding roller coasters front row hands off screaming at the top of my lungs loving the adrenaline um looking at stress relief I know I definitely used fitness for that to be able to say people are so cruel to me, but if I can be physically strong, 
Mm-hmm. I can cope. Mentally strong, I can cope. Um, and pleasure was a massive outlet for me. It was to be able to say, I'm not going to turn to drink or drugs or gambling. Um, I will reward myself. I've had a stressful day with some nice endorphins, and after that, I can just continue smiling. So even though as a glamour model, I probably attracted the wrong kind of man, um, a lot of controlling and mm. abusive men. Mm. Uh, I say a lot, that makes me sound awful, but relationships, um, I, I've always been in long-term relationships, so um, engaged from my teens um, and then together for seven, three, two years at a time. I've never had short-term relationships. Yeah, you were looking for love. Yeah. That's yeah. what you wanted. It wasn't like you were just like, right, next. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if that, if you were doing that, by the way, I've got no objection yeah. to that. If that's how somebody's comfortable and happy, yeah. that's up to them. But actually what you're saying is you were looking for love. Yeah. And you are about, I think, from what I've seen with your daughter today, because mm-hmm. we, we spoke extensively off camera and I got to know you and Millie really well and you know Millie is phenomenal and you're phenomenal with her and I can see that relationships really matter to you and you're not someone that would just be very um cavalier about those things yeah so and I guess this is really the point of talking about the glamour side of it and the Mm. you know the surgery as well is don't judge you know if you see somebody that um, looks a certain way or does a certain job don't judge talk mm. speak learn yeah listen to yeah. them because for me that's what I do all day long with people from all yeah. different walks of life and I love people oh I really do I'm scared of people <laughs> uh, well I, I I kind of understand why <laughs> don't get me wrong but I love I love people I'm not so good um with groups of people mm-hmm. although I, I like being with groups of people it's not, that's not what I'm trying to say but I love that intimate yeah one to one yeah yeah where I really get to explore your mind and mm-hmm. I really get to understand what makes you tick and you know understand generational traumas and yeah. Yeah. all those different facets of people and and so when people are very judgmental and say well I don't like her because she looks like this and mm. I've got to say actually in my younger years Uh, specifically talking about the way women look Mm. I really was very overweight I think I mentioned this in a phone call that or a zoom it was wasn't it that we had I was very overweight and I think that was a protective shield yeah um and I was incredibly um angry but I was hiding it all with this big bubbly personality I used to wear the most glittery clothes I could find you know sparkles on one hand I was making myself really really big yeah and on the other hand I was making myself really really blingy so again it was a bit of a contrast yeah bright red lipstick dark hair you know Mm. jet black hair um I ended up being hypersexual myself having lots of promiscuous Mm. relationships I say that and actually a lot of that I was saying this to my daughter the other day actually there was lots of times where Mm. I Look, I've always said I was having promiscuous relationships. I was actually often being sexually assaulted yeah. and thought I was having promiscuous relationships. I'd be asleep and some, I'd wake up and somebody would be doing something Jesus. to me. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's me being promiscuous. Yeah. I've referenced before at 13, I was raped by a 20-year-old and I thought that was me being promiscuous. No. Oh my God. So there was all, yeah. all this stuff that is only as I'm talking about it as I get older. That you realize. Yeah. yeah. And I've I've only recently spoken about a situation where I was in a nightclub 
Mm. Um, I'd met a guy. I, I was walking home with him. I wasn't intending to do no, anything with him. No, you didn't know him. Yeah. yeah. I was just walking home because I'd made friends with him. He said that he needed to call a cab, went to a phone box because back then we didn't have mobile mm. phones. I thought he was calling a cab and I would get dropped off and then he yeah. would, And actually what he was doing was calling a friend and his friend and he raped me in, yeah. in a park and then they went off. And, and I didn't even compute that that was rape. No. The thing is, because I felt that I hadn't been raped, I didn't know until yeah. the police were actually like, this is what it is. Yeah. I said, well, I wasn't held at knife point yeah. by a stranger in a park. No. But you I then were. have that experience yeah. and don't see it as that. So no. that's how my head was triggered. Yeah. Was it a stranger who, as you're walking through life, comes and attacks you? Yeah. It was somebody I knew and there were no weapons involved, so it can't be rape. But they see, this is the good thing about this conversation yeah. is that rape comes in all different yeah. colors, shades, sizes. Even if you're married and you say no. Yeah. It, and they continue so, it's rape it's, this so is it's, the thing about this conversation it's yeah. so important to say out loud so what, what you expect yeah. it to be almost yeah it's because I was strange. naive I was very young yeah. and I was naive and I just thought because when I had um exposed or told about my dad sexually abusing me the mm. first time um I retracted it I went oh I'm only joking and I got told off the second time it was believed because uh, he admitted it, thankfully. He was arrested yeah. because uh, I'd given somebody a journal and I'd you know, written mm. about it in a journal and then he was arrested, admitted it. But I feel that the narrative painted about me by mm. various people was that I shouldn't have said anything. I should have kept it within the family so it could have oh, been dealt like with. dirty laundry. Exactly. Yeah. And basically, I was the troubled teenager that caused lots of problems. So when these things then happened at 13 and then in the park, you know, as a very you young person. You believe that about yourself. Yeah, I thought, oh, I'm yeah. just a troublemaker. I, I brought this on myself. I shouldn't oh, have left gosh. the nightclub and trusted to walk with this guy. Yeah. Obviously, it's my fault. It's just, oh. and, and honestly, it's just what happens. Yeah. It's just what happens. Yeah. Oh, well. And I carried on. And, and it was quite a violent rape, actually. Mm. But I still didn't compute that it was a violent rape. No. It's only now looking back. I was totally disassociated. Yeah. yeah. So I had this massive hatred mm. of my body. Yeah. And so I was, again, I was overweight and I was looking at these girls that were on the covers of magazines, just like, mm. oh, wow, they're so beautiful. With jealousy. Yeah. I was so jealous. I was so jealous that I didn't have that body confidence. I was so jealous I didn't look like them. I was so jealous. At the same time, mesmerized by their beauty. Yeah. Wishing that could be me, oh, you know. And yeah. then eventually I lost lots of weight and sort of a, a bit like you became addicted to exercise, became yeah. addicted to not eating, became addicted mm. to just pushing myself to every level it's that I could. Self-harm, isn't Self -harm. it, really? It's, yeah. it's, just, it's yeah. just this endless push, 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 push. Yeah. yeah. It's actually culminated in a job that I love now and I will push, mm. push, push. It's probably still an addiction. Yeah. Again, yeah. probably not healthy <laughs> if we're looking clinically. Yeah. But at least I love it and I get a lot from it. But it's yeah. the endorphin rush. It's definitely loving yeah. what you do. And there's this... Yeah. And I think really listening to you and and we've had very similar experiences but also um quite quite contrasted in the sense that you th didn't think it was rape because it wasn't with knife point in a park yeah I didn't even really compute it as anything I was just yeah. like oh well that's what happens and Gosh. these stories mm. other people are going to listen to and go oh yeah 
Yeah. I, I get it. That's my experience too. And I didn't compute that as rape or I didn't see that that way before. Mm. And they might be having light bulb moments, but more often than not, mm. I think when people hear other people's stories, it makes them ask their daughters or their sisters or their mothers, is this something that I should know? Have you ever been through that? Yeah, and definitely. it opens up community conversation. Yeah, it's not a taboo anymore, is it? In the same no. way, if you're able to just address it. Correct. And I think not to feel shame for it because so many people will just say, oh, that woman is jealous or she's crazy. Yes. Disregard everything she said. Yeah. And especially I think with ex-partners, there is a big thing of just blaming women or I don't know. And then other women are so quick to hate other women. Exactly. It it kind of fills in the gaps for the damage that men can cause. Not all yeah. men, because you know there are some amazing people out there, but a few bad eggs can kind of ruin the bunch. And then it just fills into that they just have more partners and more women come involved, and they think, oh, you have a string of crazy exes. But mm. the common denominator is the man yeah. that's done that to so many people, got away with it, and carried on that narrative. Um, and left a trail of destruction behind them. So true. And 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 I I talking about women hating women. I've never hated mm. women. I love women. I'm, I've always had lots of very good, strong female friends. The, the thing that I struggled with was my jealousy mm. for other women and how beautiful they were, and then being really insecure. Yeah. So even though I never hated them, in fact, when I was at school. All of my friends were the pretty girls. Yeah, I was the ugly oh. duckling because they were having more fun. I yeah. wanted to be with the girls that were having more fun. Yeah. They weren't always, most of them were lovely, but there there are obviously girls in that bunch. You mm. know, you get, what what's that? The mean girls. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. There's, no. there's also that crew. Yeah. But he, as I get older, I also realise that some of the girls that I was friends with, the, the quiet ones, that mm. were the ones that were scared to be cat, I became... They've done the, best in life. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I am still friends with them now as well. Yeah. And just watching everybody, how it all changes as we get older, mm. but also knowing, and I, I kind of want to say this as well for you and for me, you were the girl that was bullied and spat at and mm. treated awfully, went into modeling and kind of just went, oh, okay, great. Not, not with an arrogance, not with no. an ego. I was the girl that was, you know, the ugly duckling, massively overweight, was mm. not attractive, really struggled with insecurity, would never have been asked to model. Oh. It would have been the last thing from anyone's mind. But actually, it doesn't matter where you're at. Mm. It doesn't matter how you feel. You get to control your narrative. You can do oh, anything definitely. you put your mind to. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're judged or not. It's about, mm. about I think, bypassing judgment and yeah. really starting to honor yourself yeah and when you honor yourself I mean like you say you've been trolled you've had death threats but you've just carried on doing you haven't you yeah you just kind of build a thick skin really and I look at like recent years um reality tv stars love island suicides and there is a lot of pressure upon people in the media to have everything and be everything Mm. and you at the same time will receive so much criticism yes if you've just led a normal life and you're not used to that you may have people complimenting you and bigging you up you may have an ego even yeah you go into the limelight that will be all stripped down you will be absolutely annihilated by everybody and I realize so many people were thrown to the dogs you know like just put you on reality television and um, this will make great TV. It will get headlines, but 
they're now severely depressed, they're in debt yeah. and suicidal. Yeah, I mean, I, I've actually interviewed, I think now three of the Maths UK yeah. um, cast, who, again, is, you know, not as big as Love Island, perhaps, but wow, that narrative is, it's, it's a soap opera and they yeah. don't realise that it's going to be. It's their expense. Yeah. And it's not worth it. No. Uh, I, certainly not when you're coming out of it with suicidal thoughts, depression yeah. and people hating you. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you're actually really good people. Yeah. Um. So I think that, that you're right. People will put you on a pedestal and then they will kick you down yeah. until you're bleeding. Yes. Yeah, and then they'll say it's definitely. your fault. Yeah. And that definitely happened in, from my childhood from having that kind of negativity and, and bullying from at school and at home. Yeah. To then... I didn't know any different. So if anything, it's a blessing that I never I never felt overwhelmed by it. Mm. I just thought this is how people are. It's how they behave towards others. So yes. to then have that on a larger scale as my social media grew, it didn't shock me because I was completely at home with that. I was like, oh, I know that people are going to insult me and say every part of me is ugly and that I should end my life because I'm worthless and I'm a bad influence you know terrible terrible so, terrible but it it wasn't that wall of you know destruction it was just constant trickles of negativity so I was thankfully able to deal with that on a daily basis and still be able to have a positive outlook and to live a happy life yeah um but I think so many people aren't used to that and especially when I got to the top of my game that's when it really changed so when I would share having my children being a young mum I had my daughter at 19 and my son at 25 um I would have like stretch marks I'd have loose skin um I'd be working out in sweaty bright red smelt like an onion like not attractive <laughs> at all um in like maternity pants and <laughs> things and I, w I did home workouts because I, I was studying from home, I was working, I was raising the children and bodybuilding at the same time. So I would say, today I did this and or I've just got to breastfeed really quickly and then I'll come back and do some press-ups. And I just shared warts and all. And it was embarrassing. I looked awful. But at the same time, I was like, but this is me. And yeah. I'm quite happy being me, regardless of how other people view me, because I am me. Yeah. And so... If I just live as me, I can live. Yeah. If I'm trying to be somebody else, that's at the expense of myself. Yeah. Um, and when people saw that, they were like, oh, that's really refreshing. Like you're not pretending to be somebody else or you're not bragging. You are just being you and good for you. And loads of mums really supported me and said, you've inspired me to work out. And, um, oh, do you have any parenting tips? And I was sharing recipes for organic pureed baby food that I'd made and things and been vegan and people loved it but then as soon as I was on magazine shoots as soon as people were saying she's doing a headstand with a six-pack and she has two children people were saying that's so unrealistic like how dare you show us when we haven't slept for months and we're feeling really rubbish about our bodies how dare you show us a woman that looks perfect um, right so that jealousy instead of them understanding it in themselves yeah which which again I can relate to that like if you don't feel good about yourself and you're seeing beautiful women you do feel uh, you know I guess intimidated by it. that that yeah. natural insecurity comes out however <laughs> to actually be like horrible to someone about yeah. the fact that they look great and you don't mm. and let's be honest uh, you know I might not be like this, but call a spade a spade. If I've put on weight, I will say, 
I'm looking fat. Yeah. Comparatively yeah. to what I've looked before, I'll say I'm fat. Yeah. And people go, oh, no, you're not fat. You know, no, no, I'm fat. I can cope with that. Mm. And if someone's beautiful, I can also say they're beautiful. Yeah. Can it be a bit triggering when you don't feel great about yourself to see a beautiful person? Yes, it can. Mm. Can you choose to do something about it? Yes, you can. Yeah. Can you go ahead with a kind heart? Yes, you can. Do you need mm. to be horrible to anyone? No, you don't. Yeah. So, you know, it's okay to be triggered. It's just not okay to be horrible about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, for the people who had almost built me up and praised me and said, well done, how how much have you lost this week in doing this military workout that I did from home? So it was very full on. Yeah. Um, I went straight in at the deep end, but really loved the challenge. And the same people that had cheered me on all the way, I then got my little t-shirt at the end, like you've completed it. And uh, and then I was like, this is me now. And they were like, oh, you've got an ego, haven't you? you wow. Know? So they became my biggest haters. And I was like, oh, hold on, you're fellow moms. And we were in this together. And you were commenting that you're a few days behind me because you started it after. And, and I was asking how you were getting on. And why do you now hate me? Like, what have I done to you? Like, where did it switch? That's hard. And it's it's kind of when you're on the come up, people will recognize how hard you work and they feel inspired. And when you reach the peak, mm. they're like, okay, now I'm not as inspired. I'm actually yeah. quite angry at you and you make me feel inferior. And it, me as a person, because I've always been quite gentle natured, I took it so personally, like, oh my God, I've I've made this woman cry. And oh. she doesn't deserve to cry. She's a, she's another mum and she is struggling. So me being happy makes her sad. Um, and then that kind of resonated through partners. So in a relationship, if I'd done a photo shoot, the partner would say, oh, these men are looking at you now. All these men want to have sex with you. And now they're going to try and take you away from me. Thanks. You've just caused me loads of hassle. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I went to work and had a photo shoot like you know I did this before I met you I've done it whilst I'm with you but now I've caused you to feel upset um and then they go and cheat with somebody who was at the pub and drunk and um the complete opposite to how I look or they go out with a girl who was very bubbly and confident and loud and I'm not like that I'm quite quiet but energetic so it's a weird kind of dynamic of two different worlds which are very opposing mm. um or they go out with a a lady that was in her 60s and yeah. have sex with them and I'd say well why have you cheated on me with a, a lady who's like twice my age um and they'd be like well she made me feel wanted and you make me feel like everybody else wants you um, so wow I mean the problem here with all of those statements is they're saying you 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 instead of yeah. saying I yeah and what I was trying to say earlier is when we use I statements mm. I feel triggered I don't now, but, yeah, but when I was younger. Saying, yeah. yeah, I feel triggered because you are so beautiful and I don't feel beautiful. So I can choose to do something about that. And I may mm. never look like Tracy Kiss. However, I can be the best version of me. Yeah. And that might be just as beautiful in other ways. Yeah. And there's the difference between the you statement, you make me feel. You No, no, mm. no one makes you feel anything you don't already feel yeah they may yeah. trigger it unwittingly they don't mean to trigger you they're just living their lives doing exactly. their thing being yeah. who they want to be if that triggers you then use the i statement what can mm. i do how can i manage this how yeah. do i become the best version of myself do i want to look you know blonde and tanned and all of this or mm. do i not really care about that but i'd love to be on the front of a magazine 
for how yeah. I am, you know, how can I tweak my brain and tweak my thinking yeah. to be happy, to be content or to feel accomplished. Mm. And once we change it into an I statement, we can actually take action and move forward. Definitely. When we're attacking other people and trying to make them responsible for our feelings. You're not going to get anywhere. Correct. <laughs> You're just correct. trapped in that bubble, aren't you? And that's something you yeah. naturally did all your life. I think you, from those very humble beginnings, you know, not having a lot of money, uh, you took it upon yourself to do the I. Yeah. I yeah. will read lots of books. I will work really hard. Mm. I will say yes more. I will take on those <laughs> challenges. I will continue yeah. to learn. I will continue to grow. You did that naturally. Yeah. And so it's hard to understand when other people don't. Yeah, definitely. But I found even though I worked really hard, I didn't want anything. <laughs> yeah, because you would have been uh, very sort of humble in the beginning anyway. Yeah. You didn't need anything perhaps. No, but then an influencer to not want anything. Yeah. That was a whole different dynamic. So people around me were on private jets and yachts and, you know, wearing designer clothes and doing all these things. And I'm sat there eating apples and playing in the garden with my kids. And one p partner in particular said to me, people won't respect you unless you kind of show off what you have and I said well I don't actually have a lot he was like you have a bank balance you should spend it um, and I said no 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 no. I feel safe having money in the bank um, and I know you could put it into investments and things but I hadn't at that time because nobody had taught me how mm. um, whereas now I do have investments but I thought well no if anything happened if there was a catastrophe at least I would have the money to be secure and yes. I would never be homeless my children will never starve so I would just feel this happiness in watching numbers on a screen get bigger. And that's how I felt content. Nobody knew what I had, but I felt safe. Mm. So he kind of opened the door to me to say, show off your success, um, buy designer clothes, do this, do that. And um, I remember we went shopping and I never know how to say it. Is it Louboutin or Louboutin? <laughs> I say Louboutin, but maybe it's Louboutin. Yeah. <laughs> who knows so I don't know, yeah. let's just say it however we want to say it <laughs> yeah so it was the trendy shoe to buy and um he was like come on we'll go for lunch and then we'll go and you should buy yourself a pair of shoes so I thought okay then like if I have to um I'll buy some shoes and we went into the shop and I think probably had a pair of Primark leggings on um, I'm all like a vest all top. about all about the Primark yeah. leggings by the way yeah I've Some of the so best socks. leggings. Yeah. Like, that's the only yeah. place I buy socks. <laughs> and I walked in and all the staff are in like suits and they're very glamorous. And and I had hardly any makeup on and I was just like, hi, I'm just looking at your shiny shoes. And oh, they're pretty. You know? <laughs> and um, some other people came in and they were kind of like pushing past and a bit rude and sort of looking down their nose at me. And I, I was just like, oh, sorry. Sorry for being in your way. And, um, and then he was like, well, what pair do you like? And I was like, well, yeah, maybe those. Yeah, I'll buy those. And um, he was like, you're going to try them on? And I was like, no, 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 I'll just, I'll get those and we'll go home. Um, and then the assistant was like, no, you have to try them on. And what what other colors do you like? I was like, well, I, I like those or those ones. I'll have a look. Um, and I tried a pair on and I was like, oh, they're really uncomfortable. They're yeah. so stiff. And I've got a bunion. I was like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> and he was like, just just get the shoes. So these other people are like clicking their fingers and being very loud and outrageous. Like, I want this and that. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, I'll get those then. And um, and then as I got to the till, he was like, is that all you want? Like, you just want one pair of shoes and that's it. I was like, well, okay, I'll buy another pair. So 
I just sort of sat there and I was like, I'll have those and those and those and those. And I think I bought six pairs. Wow. <laughs> As my first ever experience of these shoes and got to the till and they were like, Are you, do you want us to carry these for you to your car or should we wrap these and do all this? And I was, no, no, it's fine. I won't try them on just, that's fine. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Bye. <laughs> and I just walked out and like my whole outfit probably cost 10 pounds that I had on, but I spent thousands on shoes and I was like, okay, I've got shoes now. I don't need to buy shoes again because I've done that now. Um, and then he was like, I'll hold the bags. Uh, will you take a picture of me holding these bags? And I was like, yeah, I'll take your picture. And I was like, there you go. Um, and I just didn't have it in me to know that, How that, to do it. that that was a flex, that that was yeah. what people do. Yeah. Um, and he said to me like, oh, why don't you put this online and show people that you, you've you bought all these shoes, that they're really desirable and they will have respect for you for saying that. And I was like, oh, really? No, I don't really, I, it doesn't make me happy to say that because they're just shoes, you know, and um and he really pushed me like people will not realize that you are successful unless you show them mm. and he was all about wear designer labels constantly and I was like I don't need that to feel happy because I'm already happy without it yeah um, my family saw that as wasteful and my peers in influencing were like well if you're not wearing this you're not hip you're not popular yeah you're, you're not with it you know um so I was very much in, be in between two worlds and um I had like a two-door sports car and two children and dogs and things. And it was so inconvenient. I thought, I can't park anywhere because the doors are so bloody long. Yeah. I bought it because my partner said, oh, it's a nice car. Um, and somebody hit it in a supermarket and drove off. And I thought, well, it's just something I don't need that's kind of getting mistreated. Yes. Um, and isn't convenient to my life because... Um, I live in the countryside and when it snows, you can't drive a car up there. Yeah. It was absolutely pointless. I couldn't parallel park to save my life. <laughs> so I thought I'm going to change my car. Uh, and he tried to talk me into getting a, a pickup truck, like a monster truck. Yes. He was like, it's a muscle car. It's really cool. No other women. Imagine having like a bikini on and driving a, a truck. Like everybody would think you're so cool. And I was like, well, I don't really care what other people think. And I was like, well, is it sensible? Is it, could I, well, yeah, I guess I could put fitness equipment in it. And when it snows, I could just drive over the snow. Um, but then I realized, no, it was for him and it yeah. was for him wanting to drive my car. <laughs> yes. So I actually went shopping. I brought not a shit car, but a normal car, mm. not a sexy car, not an, not an overly expensive, but not cheap. And I was like, I'm going to buy this car. He was so mad at me. He was like, what the hell are you doing? You've gone from a sports car to just a mum car. And I was like, yeah, do you know why? He was like, why? I said, because I had red nails today, so I bought a red car. <laughs> he was like, he just couldn't get his head around it. And that's when I realized that the things that were in my life were so unnecessary. Mm. They didn't serve me. They gave people a perspective about me that who does she think she is, her showing off and bragging. And it wasn't relevant to my life. No. Um, like I, He came with me for nose surgery in Marbella. And he talked me into buying myself a Rolex. And I remember being in the shop and I think I had a watch that was like five pounds from when I was a, a child and put a battery in it. And it was just a really naff watch that I never wore. It's the only one I ever had. And he said, buy Rolex. And I listened to him. Um, I bought it. I liked it. But then I've never bloody worn it. It's just yeah. in the cupboard. It's on the house insurance. And I think when is there ever an occasion that I would want to do that 
you know, it, it just doesn't appeal it's to me. It's not you. No. No. And although a lot of people put a lot of importance on material goods, mm. you've it sounds to me like from this story, that's never been you're you're all about happiness within, mm. whether that be through learning, whether that be through pushing yourself, whether it be yeah. through achieving something, accomplishing something. I don't think material things would ever be enough or even no. touch the surface to make you happy. No. It wasn't meaningful. No. It didn't carry happiness for me it was initial buzz of buying something but my buzz came from the security of having a bank balance not yeah, the digits filling, yeah not filling my house with shiny things that other people really wanted I was like well they want it I don't so mm. um then I spent a period of just giving everything away so I was like I don't want this oh do you want my television take my television it was it it was meaningless to me yeah um and then when people say to me, what do you want for your Christmas present or your birthday? I don't really want anything. Like, yes. Uh, not that I have everything, but that I'm happy without everything. Yes. So I realized then being an influencer was so fake and shallow. And the people around me who were kind of flexing with these things and saying, look what I have. As soon as the camera would stop, they would just be like, oh, God, I haven't slept in days. And I've got really bad anxiety and I'm struggling with my mental health. And I'd say oh, well, I can help you because I wake up every day smiling and I feel so grateful to be alive. And let me just like help you feel more positive and let me help you get healthy and do things that you really care about, not that you think other people want you to to do or say or look. Um, and I realized I I was more than my humble beginnings because I couldn't live like that. But I was less than the media and influencing that was all about appearance. Mm. Um, and then I kind of fell into this middle ground of I'm secretly an old lady <laughs> that loves sex, but I'm in a middle-aged body maybe. I don't know what middle-aged is. Um, You're not middle-aged. Yeah. We're, we're definitely not that. <laughs> I'm like that middle circle in the Venn diagram. You know, that's, you're, you're, a a trilogy. you're a trilogy. <laughs> you're a trilogy of of beautiful inner child it's definitely in a child in a child <laughs> sex goddess but the wisdom of an old lady that's been here before yeah, i love making the jam and <laughs> yeah you've got it all you've literally got the trilogy of feminine <laughs> yeah you have yeah but then equally i don't belong anywhere and no. i kind of don't find you know you feel like a, a square peg in a round hole everywhere yeah. you go yeah um and then i was quite happy just saying well it, it's okay. As long as you know where you where you don't belong, you can move towards the things that do make you happy. And yes. There's definitely Buddhism, I think, kind of just letting go and non-judgment. Yeah. In a very competitive world uh, with a lot of pressure. I'm, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to do more and be more. But when it comes to other people, I will be so forgiving of people doing bad things. Yeah. <laughs> um. And that's kind of what led to so many years of abuse was um, domestic abuse as, yes. as well as sexual, um, of just saying, well, you know, they don't mean to do that. Um, they're going through a hard time and it's how they've been raised. And then I kind of then spun that on its head and saw how people make excuses for doing bad things. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of realized, even relatives, I will just cut you out of my life because you are not a healthy part of my life so and not serving your inner yeah. self and your yeah. your your energy yeah 
if yeah. it, if it's not serving your energy and then the energy that you're mm. giving out isn't the quality you want it to be because of that yeah then self-prioritization is a must yeah and if that means that you have to let go of certain things whether they're blood relatives mm. or or a loved one in you know intimate relationships whatever then then that's what you've got to do and that takes yeah. an awful lot of um understanding self-compassion yeah and and um focus I think as well focus mm. because it's so easy to be manipulated yeah coerced. you know that focus that laser focus mm. that no this is what I'm gonna do yeah yeah um I always find the things that I really just gag about and flinch about is the word sorry mm. and I love you me too Tracy yeah. <laughs> me too they're the two phrases I cannot stand yeah. Because they they are the handcuffs for suffering. Yeah. Because somebody will say, "Oh, sorry, I treated you that way." Yeah. Then stop doing it. Yeah. But they don't. Yeah. And I love you. This is why I've treated you this way. Is because I love you so much. Yeah. That's why I um, hacked your phone, locked yeah. you in the house, told you you couldn't be friends with boys. Yeah. Told you you can't see your family. Mm-hmm. Um, told you to delete your social media and tried to control you. It's because I love you so much. Um, and I say, if you loved me, you would let me be me. Mm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people use those words so much. They do. And, and I always say, I mean, I love, love, love deeply. Yeah. And yeah. I am also somebody that could be very reflective and very apologetic. However, mm. I think patterns of behavior. Yeah. And yeah. actions. Speak louder than yeah. words. <laughs> a million percent. That's why if someone is... Um, focusing on the words I say well let's just really focus on the patterns of behavior mm. let's really focus on the output yeah of your yeah. behavior the words will meet be meaningless you can say anything yeah. to anyone and they'll believe you yeah but what you do yeah. will always have the impact definitely and I think um in today's world relationships are so difficult like mm. I did the whole what our grandparents did get married have kids and be together forever uh with somebody who was unfaithful and abusive so I tried to do that normal way of life and then I was left picking up the pieces Mm. um and I look at the world today and I see a lot of men pretending to be successful pretending to be kind of the big I am to kind of sell you the dream and deliver you nothing Mm. (laughs) um they are quite repetitive in the way that they hurt people yeah, You know, I, I can't say everybody's the same because there are some very caring people, but the caring people then have, in my experience, very low self-esteem and yeah. feel unworthy. Yeah. So they'll say, why would somebody like you like me? Yes. And I'm like, no, we're all human. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a normal person. You're a normal person. I really care about you. You're amazing. But then they'll say, why are you wearing that? Why are you going out like that? What, this man looked at you. Why did you make eye contact? And then it just brings out the pain and suffering within them. Yes. Um, and then I think, oh, God, I've made you feel so insecure, but all I've done is love you and be myself. Um, and, you know, if I go on a date, I'll do things like turn up with wet hair or not wear makeup or deliberately wear a mismatching outfit. Yeah. So I don't look perfect. <laughs> yes. So that I'm like, okay. That's like, a good trick. Just I show, like that. Yeah. Like don't show up as the best version of yourself, you know, all glammed up and bragging about what you have because that's not your full reality. Yeah. Don't show up on a bad day as your worst, but 
be a reasonable representation of who you say you are. Um, and I think most people kind of, you know, will turn up in their dad's car yeah. or will pretend that they're more important than they are. And and then I think, but why couldn't you be you? Because I would actually really appreciate you just to be yourself. And it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It's just that you're a genuine person. Um, but so many people feel they can't be genuine because yeah. they will just be unfairly judged or they won't be given a chance to yeah. begin with. And actually, it's not your job to fix them, is it? No. This is where we say... the hard way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've obviously been such an open heart that you've wanted to mm. be that person that can help, that can fix. And we all want to do that. Well, yeah. I say we all, but a lot of us want mm. to do that. I think the key is, is that you realize that everybody has to take that responsibility. Yeah. They have to use the I statements. They have to mm. see where they're going wrong because people can't hear it no you know yeah. if you tell them actually that was wrong what you did mm. the the ego will protect you them. feel attacked and yeah you feel, yeah you have to defend yourself and justify um but yeah like I've a few times I've had some of those kind of pinch yourself moments where like celebrities have slid into my dms and I have dated in the media but kind of kept some things quiet and I thought to myself, I would hate for this to be my life. I would hate to have the footballer that I was dating be my husband. Yeah. Because they're just surrounded by gold diggers. Yes. And fake people. And it's a very toxic atmosphere. And yes, they have a massive mansion and multiple cars and things. And I'm like, but that's not important to me. What's important is a genuine good person yeah. who is who they say they are and knows who they are and loves who they are. Yeah. Um, not that they have to bed a load of women for validation or drive a fast car because they feel inferior about their genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> so um, for that reason, I avoid rich people. Yeah. Well, do you know what? There's so much value in authenticity. Yeah. There's so much yeah. value in just the magic of who you are. And I say this a lot to people. I say, look, there will never be another you again. Yeah. There yeah. has never been a you before now. No. This is the one and only time that mm. you get to be here in this version of yourself and shine. You give me goosebumps. I know, it's true though. I say it <laughs> yeah. a lot to people because they forget that. Yeah. Whatever is going on for you, it is your mm. experience yeah. never to be seen again. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of that. Never mm. underestimate the magic of that, the miracle of who you are, because you are Definitely. a miracle. Everybody is. Yeah. So if we're here and we've been given this opportunity, mm. be you yeah. authentically. Yeah. And there's nothing more beautiful. Mm. And so everything you've just said is so true and so apt. And I hope that by listening to that and people to hear someone like you yeah. who has had those uh the riches the glamour all of those experiences but has mm. also had the complete contrast of being bullied being spat at being told that you you know someone's going to kill you just for, yeah. you've had so many different experiences and what it all comes down to is you just want somebody mm. to be themselves yeah. and somebody that you can be yourself with be that in a friendship or be mm. that in a relationship you just want to be authentic yeah and yeah. to live in a world where you are free to be you without the fear of death threats. Yeah, you know, in an ideal world. In an ideal world, <laughs> I will be threatened with murder. But yeah. I think that's so, it's so true. It doesn't matter where you're at or yeah. what you're doing, just be you. Yeah, yeah. And the right people 
they always gravitate towards you. Yeah. Like my friendships are lifelong, 20, 30 year friendships. The relatives that I am close to, I would die for them, you know, yeah. my children and, yeah. and people who have been consistently genuine. Yeah. Not just they can keep it up for a while and then the mask slips. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of people are struggling in life. They've been through traumatic events and they are still trying to heal from them. Yeah. Um, and that may be why they go on to hurt others. Yes. And I think part of life is suffering, but yeah. it's your mindset and how you deal with that. Yeah. And how you move forwards from that. Yeah. And don't make excuses to hurt other people because yeah. you've been hurt. I mean, yeah. I think I've hurt other people along the way, but as soon as mm. I've realized, yeah. actually, here's a key to unlock that. Mm. I don't have to do that. I can actually heal yeah. and I can use my experiences for good. Yeah. Which is exactly yeah. what you're saying and exactly what you've done. Then actually we can all choose to mm. stop the trauma. Yeah. To change the cycle, to yeah. break the cycle, to create a new one. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's exactly that's exactly true. Everything you've said, people mm. are hurt, but don't use that as an excuse to hurt others. No. Because no. that's not okay. If you've been hurt, you know it's going to hurt someone else. Yeah. Generational trauma is real, you know. Oh, horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> and also the way it affects genes, the way it affects DNA, the way it actually physiologically, biologically affects us. Yeah. That's all very, very real. Neuroscience shows us that. However, mm. choice. Yeah. I statements. Yeah taking yeah. accountability and responsibility and if you haven't learned how to do that seek it out yeah find a coach yeah. find a therapist read a book listen to a podcast there's so many different ways mm. that you can learn Definitely. to make the right choices mm-hmm. you are living proof of that you're the girl that was reading the books before there was yeah. the electronics to do it with yeah. so if you can do it in those humble beginnings where you weren't validated and you weren't mm. you know there wasn't a safe place for you if yeah. you can do it then anybody, anybody can. can yeah and neuroplasticity when you think yeah. how your entire life can change I know for the better why would nobody seek a better life that's what I don't understand well you reference neuroplasticity mm. there is my favorite word mm. because I, I love to explain to people look mm. neurons that fire together wire together repetition is mm. recognition I say it on every episode oh, and there's amazing. a reason for yeah. it there's a reason for it, which is you are never stuck in one no. place. No. You can you can do so many different things. The Neuroelectrics method, which I'll be training next year, is an amalgamation of you know so many wonderful neuroscientists, yeah. so many proven therapy techniques, so much wisdom from the spiritual, you know, from thousands of yeah. years worth of spirituality. Oh, I love that. I know, and all of those techniques, all of those methods, mm. create neuroplasticity. Yeah. anything can change if you are willing you know mm. there you, you talked about the sort of jealousy you received over um the way you change your body and you know you had your six-pack and everything well that's happening inside the brain as well mm. you know if you exercise the brain as a muscle yeah and you can do that you will rewire yes. and you can change yeah. and you can feel gratitude you can mm-hmm. feel lucky even if other people would say oh that's really tough what you've been through you can still feel lucky and yeah. grateful yeah and you've done that. Yeah. And and you mes- you mentioned Buddhism there. Um, it's one of the greatest of all the the religions Definitely. and the philosophies. Yeah. And I th- remember sort of seeing a book in a library and reading it and just thinking, oh, it was life-changing. I didn't become a Buddhist, mm-hmm. but I did love the principles. And I yeah, think and it, elements of it that of you course, can apply to your life. Of course. Yeah. And, and I, I think... 
again that that comes from reading or researching and being mm. curious yeah the curious mm. mind is the most attractive mind isn't it definitely I'm I love everything about sapiosexuality yes and when I've dated relationships just for lust mm. I've always thought oh just have a really good conversation with me please yeah definitely <laughs> you know that that is what is absent is having yeah. that meeting of minds yes and when you find that it's incredible like I know people chase highs throughout life like you know you want a good looking partner you want a nice car a big house and when you get that you're initially excited it could be a turn on but then after a while, the novelty wears off. Yeah. And then you're craving the next high. Yeah. And people with drink and drugs, you know, they build up such a tolerance because yeah. they have to go further into it have to, keep to get the more. same kick. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the further we go into life with material possessions, with houses and cars and the latest iPhone, I've stopped buying the latest of things. Mm. That was the first step to say, oh, God, I've got last seasons. You know, that yes. was such a, a weird thing for me yeah. in the industry. To now say my phone's like four years old, yeah, and it's fine. I'm okay with that. I don't not feel like crashing. less of a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As before, it was like, oh god, I haven't got the latest one. What am I missing out? The fear of missing out. Yeah. Um. And I think, like, I say to people, like, they may buy a big house and they say, oh, I've got five bedrooms and this and that. Oh, do you have children? No. Mm. So what are the bedrooms for? Well, guests. Mm. So who? Your friends. And how long have you known them? Oh, a year, two years. You know, where's your long-term friends? Oh, I don't really keep in touch with anyone from school. Hmm. <laughs> question mark, question yeah. mark, question yeah. mark. <laughs> and then I'll say like, oh, what What do you have to do to get this house there? Oh, I work this job and it's very stressful and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I, I really struggle with sleeping at night because I take my work home with me. And oh, and sometimes I can't eat because I'm so stressed. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really tough. And do you often get sick then? Oh, yeah, my immune system's like up and down. And oh, gosh, it sounds like quite a poor quality of life for a nice house what if you didn't have the house and you didn't have that financial burden and you did a job that you loved and you could sleep at night and you're not stressed about Monday morning you're looking forward to it what if you worked for yourself what if you built something that was a legacy for the children that you've yet to have um because you know the time is never right if you don't have enough mm. when are you ever happy with enough and as soon as you get something you then want the next thing where does it end mm. but what if you go in the opposite direction and what if you're grateful for what you have and what if you minimize the things that you don't need or give them to people in need who don't have them um and then sometimes people are receptive to that and other times people say well no my status is my identity is my mm. car yeah <laughs> god you're more than a car yeah you know or a certain appearance but what happens when you age how will you feel about yourself then will you hate yourself yeah what happens if women don't find you attractive anymore will you have no value or you know why don't you actually look at what's important and realize if you can be grateful for just waking up and being alive everything is a bonus but if you feel angry that you've woken up and you've got all these people demanding things of you or things that you have to deliver for deadlines that you feel really stressed about well what if it was your choice to do that rather than you had to for the money um would you still do it you know um and I think a lot of people live their life to please other people to show off and be what other people expect success to look like but ultimately it's very toxic and leads to premature death or a low quality of life and mm. I think well you have one life why don't you enjoy it 
and love it and live it. Um, but not many people do. Magic. <laughs> that was that that two minutes was magical. Sorry, I can rant for England. <laughs> that was not a rant. I was again, this has been such an immersive experience for me. I've gone into so many different areas in my mind just listening to you talk. I could listen to you for well, days. You are so easy to listen to. You've got oh. so many beautiful things to say. You've got so much life experience. You are so lovely. Oh, thank Genuinely you. <laughs> having so many magical moments listening. I mean, if another person never listened to this, which won't happen, but if they didn't, I wouldn't care because I've just <laughs> loved every second of it. It's been so, you are so, so genuine and oh. so genuinely lovely. And I think that... This is what's great about podcasts, isn't it? Mm. Because everything else is is to the clock. Yeah. Whereas yeah. with a podcast, and I remember the, uh, the I set this up, and the podcast guy was like, "Oh, you know, you need the odd um, episode that's really short because mm-hmm. people don't have long attention spans." And I was just like, "No, I don't it's think I quality, can do that." Not quantity, yeah. yeah. Because you know, within this, I don't know how long we've been recording for, but within this, <laughs> there'll be segments that. If you want a short segment of it, you can take that. we can take yeah. a short segment of it. Yeah. But actually the 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 depth of conversation that you have when mm. you're not timing it. Yeah. When you yeah. just let There's it There's no flow, limit. It just is what it is. It is what yeah. it is. And you know, I think people forget you can, you know, go mm. on a half an hour car journey and listen to some of it and then come back to yeah. it and then come back to it and have the full experience. But yeah. what I will tell you is this, Tracy. I don't know if anyone's had an opportunity to really feel what I felt today by you know watching you or listening to you on your other social mm-hmm. media. I'm sure they have, and I'm sure they've come across these moments themselves. But I feel so grateful oh. to have sat here with you this afternoon because I just feel so joyful right now. <laughs> I really do, like oh, honestly. Nice. And I know that's not your intention when you say this stuff. Your intention is just to be authentic. But it goes back to what I was saying earlier. When we're being authentic, it's magical. Yeah. And it's a beautiful experience to be with someone that's just talking their truth. Yeah. And trying to do their life on their terms. I think there's so much power in that. Definitely. And, okay, so I was going to say what's your message for people, but you've kind (laughs) of just said it. But what's next for Tracy then? Um, It's going to sound really random. But I like random. <laughs> I'm going to buy some land yes. and build an eco-friendly, self-sustainable home, plant vegetables. So I have my little allotment and orchard, have some chickens, not to eat them, just to let them live. Um, all my dogs and animals, because it will just be nice. Um, I'll make my daughter a library and my son um, some computer space that he can use. And wow. Yeah, it might have three bedrooms. It might have 30, I don't know. Not for any reason. Just for whatever floats your boat. Yeah, just hidden away from the world in our own little bubble, living on the land. I think that's what I want. That's so lovely. (laughs) Again, it comes back down to that sort of simplistic organic way of living doesn't it yeah the things that make yeah off grid (laughs) the things that make you happy yeah and professionally you've got your finger in many pies you invest Mm -hmm. um where can people find you tracy if they want to see more of you and understand more of your life where will they find you um probably by googling my name tracy yes because you are all over (laughs) i'm on every platform (laughs) yeah she literally is uh what's your instagram handle your youtube handle and your facebook yeah, so my Instagram is tracykiss.com. Um, 
Facebook is The Tracy Kiss. Um, and YouTube, I think, is The Tracy Kiss. Amazing. I mean, I I would love to um, spend more time with you. And I'm sure <laughs> we will at some point because I genuinely feel that you are like, you know, what do they call it? Soup for the soul or something Soup like for that. The soul. Oh, I love that. that you are. You've just <laughs> not heard that before. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're so wholesome. You're so just, just like I said, genuine, authentic, <laughs> magical, lovely. I mean, oh, I literally can't think of any other words right now to describe <laughs> how happy you've made me feel. And you give me face aching. I'm sorry. I don't mean to do <laughs> <I'm> that. <smiling. laughs> just to clarify, it's the smile. <laughs> I know that the listeners are going to just think, wow, this woman's amazing. If they haven't met you before, they will because you're so lovely. And um, as I said right at the beginning, I spoke to you and your daughter off off the camera and yeah. I'm going to do the Young Mind podcast as well because as you know, I was saying earlier, I've said on most podcasts, I'm sort of really frustrated with the education system and I feel yeah. really bad for a lot of young people, especially neurodivergent young people mm. or people that go through trauma and difficulties at home. And I was yeah. speaking to Millie earlier and I was just like, oh my gosh, I love her <laughs> so much. I can't wait to get her on. So we're going to have uh, Millie on at oh, some amazing. point in the future. And I just think that you two are brilliant females and mm. Again, I can't thank you enough for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. No, it's thank so nice you. to chat. And, you know, normally I talk to my dog. So <laughs> it's nice to have another human to talk to who isn't an arsehole. So thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I really do. That's how I give compliments. You're not an arsehole. <laughs> well, that's on record now. I can use that. It's going to be the tagline for this for this podcast. It's going to be me going, Tracy, you're so joyful and magical. And then yours is going to be, I've really enjoyed it. I usually talk about, oh, you're not an arsehole. <laughs> I'm so bad with compliments. That, no, I love that because I know that is a true compliment. <laughs> yeah. It's the it's the actions and the patterns, it not is, the words. Definitely. <laughs> but I still will keep that as a badge of honour. I might even get it made. I'm On not an arsehole. Tracy Kiss said, I'm not an arsehole. <laughs> what a great way to end absolutely no honestly honestly thank you from the bottom of my heart and I can't Aww. wait for everyone to hear it and to see it and oh, thank you please do come back especially with Millie I know you'll probably bring us so we'll do more of this <laughs> chatting then and thank you Millie for doing all the cameraman action yay that's me clapping by the way just in- <laughs> it's not a sound on the it's not bad sound quality but no thank you both and Aww, um again just one one last thing your erotic fo- fiction <laughs> I nearly said, I nearly said the other word. <laughs> fiction oh my god where can that be found is that um, anywhere published that's on amazon amazon yeah, and so it's, it's ebooks, ebooks or you can have hard copies and what yeah. and, and your name yes yeah, so it's called traces of me oh um, i love it on my name great and, yeah so if you want a little bit of uh, sexy time yes <laughs> Millie read the reviews from men were, were they were they hot they went insane for it absolutely insane and they fell in love with the character who I just based it on my own perception of, yeah. of lust and women cried and said oh my god you understand me so it was a really kind of oh does nobody else see these things kind of moment wow so I'll Millie, send you a copy yeah please do <laughs> Millie cringed when you said you read the review she was like Ugh. but actually so Traces of Me on Amazon by Tracy mm-hmm. Kiss yeah. thank you so much Tracy oh, thank you <laughs> oh wow that was <laughs>